So I sat with her for four hours. We had an amazing conversation and she explained to me that I actually had a, had a Kundalini awakening. So after this whole experience, I actually got rid of all my shit and went on a two and a half month trip across Canada States. Oh yeah, I remember you had that yeah. trip. So okay. just to kind of test the waters and... Two and a half months. Yeah. How is that? Like, I know I, I think I've asked <laughs> you a couple times, but like... I actually, it all just worked out because um, after I started, actually after I got healed, I was pretty much, um, I wasn't working anymore. Um, I was off on a medical leave. So my roommate had to sell his house. So I had to find a new place anyways by July 1st. And I always wanted to do this trip. So I literally donated 90% of my stuff, packed my car with one suitcase, uh, with a cooler full of food and um, my camping gear. And I literally, with no maps or no wow. no That's plan, I just went. I kind of knew, the only research I did was to catch the ferry to Manitoba Island, what time that was gonna show up. That's it. The That's rest, crazy. I kind of just winged it. I got in my car on June 14th and started driving. And I literally went to pretty much almost every provincial park along the way. Uh, I would get up at six o'clock every morning, um, kind of do a little bit of a meditation in my tent, get my day started, and I would drive for, I would leave the campgrounds usually about nine o'clock and I would drive until about five, four so, or five, and then I would just- And then you'd set up for the night? The yeah, but I would stop along the way. Oh, I would yeah. go take pictures, go for hikes. If I saw an awesome park to go into, I would go to the park, mm. and then I would try to find a place uh, around five, six o'clock, another place to camp. And it all kind of worked out. And if I couldn't find a place, I think I stayed in four hotels, kind of like lower end hotels just to find a place to sleep. And yeah, I drove from here to Cal or to Vancouver and then Vancouver to California. And then California, I came back home and I stopped. It took me 13 days to get to Vancouver and then another couple of days to get to California. Again, stopping, camping, it was awesome. And then stayed in California with some family for a couple of weeks and then drove back, stayed in Lake Tahoe, went to the Snake River in Iowa, or yeah, Iowa. Um, was in Yellowstone National Park for five days, camping and hiking. Uh, wow. yeah, so you so, didn't really have any expectations? You no, just I just went with the flow. So what, what did that teach you? Like what? It taught me not to be scared, mm -hmm. to realize that the universe will kind of guide you and will be there for you, that you're protected, you're blessed to be here, right? So unless it's your time, which we know none of us have control over, mm -hmm. it's your time. So I kind of learned not to be scared. I had to learn to just go with the flow. That was a big stepping stone for me. Um, I've always thought of doing something like that, but my fear always held me back. Oh, what if this happened? What if my car broke down? What if whatever, right? And to me, that trip taught me that, yeah, things will happen in life, but unless you take the chance and take, make, you know, take action on them, you'll never know, right? So I did. <laughs> it wow. was the best trip of my life, man. That so, sounds amazing. That's yeah. literally uh, one of the things that inspired me to eventually buy a van, which mm -hmm. is my plan right now. Um, I know a friend who also bought a van and yeah. my brother just bought a van and he's living in it with his girlfriend. They're converting oh, it right now. Um, and they're going to travel everywhere. It's yeah. a nice van. Um, but yeah, that's, 
I did mine in a four-door Civic. Yeah, I know. That's the funny part. You just tented it then? Uh, yeah, I camped. Yeah. I camped and I, yeah, I slept in my car once. So, what, um, I remember I asked you what happened, like, how'd you get into Reiki? So, so Reiki uh, was when I, yeah, when I came back, I um, wanted to get more into a community-based, like, meditation group. Uh, just to get out there and find kind of more of like a tribe of people that have... Because you were probably the only person you knew. I was the only person that I knew. Uh, my friends uh, who knew me, uh, God bless their souls, uh, love them very much, but we've kind of grown apart because of that experience. Uh, they don't share a lot of the um, understandings that I do in life and the way I live. Uh, we still hang out here and there, but uh, kind of I noticed that I've been kind of floating towards more of a higher vibrational vibe, sort of say, people who are more in tune with the things that I learned. Um, again, it's nobody's fault for this, it's just the way it goes, right? Uh, so as my shift progressed, progressed, I started looking for more like-minded people. And one day I was driving, walking down King Street in Kitchener, and there was this artisan store. And so I stopped in the artisan store, and um, Pamela, who was the owner of the store, was a Reiki teacher. And we got talking and I told her about my experience and she said, you'd probably do really well with Reiki. So um, I took her beginner course that December. So this was December, 2016. I did level one and level two. And then uh, I took a break for a year to let it kind of just work its way through your body because it's all, it's a big, huge energy shift. So um, I wanted to let it myself, you know, just shift with it and see what would happen. Um, then I started performing Reiki on other, others and you know, uh, the universe always sent me the people that were right for me. And then um, 2017 I did my mastership in Cuba with the same teacher and that was a huge shift um, and just healing, self-healing and just releasing and uh, just shifting to the new vibration that I'm supposed to be in that I am currently right and yeah. uh, with it came a lot of realizations. So, um, yeah, I want to get to those realizations after, but Reiki in general, like, what is it and can everybody do it? Anybody can. Yeah. yeah, And like, how does it work really? Uh, Reiki is basically uh, using the universal energy that's all around us. It keeps everything going. It keeps everything flowing. keeps everything alive. Without it, you wouldn't be sitting there. Life force energy. Life force energy, right? Uh, the word Reiki itself is light key. So it's uh, so you're unlocking. Yeah, we are. I am just a channel. I'm just a conduit. I'm basically. Uh, it's like I want to say this. I'm like a puppet. <laughs> yeah. When I'm doing Reiki, right? The energy is being channeled through me, and it flows through my hands, and it goes on to the recipient. Um, that being said, it does heal you while it's flowing through you, so you're receiving benefits as well. Um, but um, I know for me, I had to do a lot of self-healing, a lot of self-work to be able to... Yeah, I was going to ask, what what sort of blocks that energy from coming through? Um, low frequency. Uh, so like, like bad emotions? Yeah, bad, bad emotions. So you have to literally heal. You have to try to be as pure as possible pure. as... Like diet and... and yeah, diet. Um, mood does affect it, yes. Um, alcohol, drugs, yeah. all that stuff has to go. Uh, and healing, honestly. Um, I found that I did a lot of self-healing while I was going through this process, two-year process. And um, 
it was amazing, honestly. It was a lot of emotional release and a lot of ups and downs. But uh, I believe that through chaos comes rebirth, and that's basically what we have to do, right? We have to break down barriers. It's going to be a little chaotic, but in the end, you find yourself and you become who you're supposed to be, right? So for a Reiki practitioner, that's kind of what you have to do because you have to be healed. That's sort of the price you have to pay, I guess, to have that. It's not even a price. It's, it's not like, a price. It's a reward. No. It's a, no, but people who don't understand how it feels mm-hmm. would see it as a price. They'd be like, oh, I have to sacrifice yeah. this and I can't, But it's you know. The yeah. outcome in the end is, is, is amazing. Yeah. Honestly, the benefits are amazing. Uh, yes, you're going to have to go through some detox, bodily detox, emotional detox. You might have to go through some ups and downs where one day you're happy, the next day you're feeling the effects of this healing. Uh, but once the process starts to taper down and you start to release more, you start to be more balanced and more connected to yourself, it's it's amazing, honestly. And you can heal yourself as well with it. So And not to mention, I feel like you are at a, in a state of enjoyment the entire time because you feel good, your vibration is yeah. high. When vibrations are high, the mood is... I wouldn't say it all the time. Yourself. Not all the time, no. Because no, <laughs> we do have... Uh, we're all human in our essence, right? But... but the suffering aspect. Yeah. You're not sitting there wallowing. You're not. Circling around in, nope. in, your, in your stuff. I've realized through my learning and my experience that uh, when those moments do happen, I'm more able to enjoy the process. Right? You just find enjoyment yes. in, the, in the tough yeah. times. So yeah, exactly. Or the negativity I, or whatever it is. My friends sometimes tell me, oh, you're really relaxed and calm. Then, you know, something bad just happens. There's no point to reacting negatively about it. It's just going to cause you more suffering or more pain. So if you learn to kind of just uh, accept that it's happened, whatever it may be, and accept that you have no control over it, the only control you have is how you react to it, then you can choose to be happy while you're going through this process. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's not a negative process anymore. It's not. It's it's a very uh, nurturing, very... um, it's a process where you will realize a lot about yourself if you don't overreact negatively to it because you'll be able to pick up on things. If you're more calm and more centered and more aware instead of overreacting, it becomes a good thing. It becomes a good thing and you become it um, you learn more from it because yeah, yeah. you're not res- you're not creating resistance with it. So now it's like a beneficial moment yeah, for you. Exactly. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> um so the realizations that Reiki brought you you said um, I just mentioned a whole bunch of them. Um, the process of dealing with the lessons when they come. Yeah. Not le- learning not to overreact, learning to embrace them and actually learn from them and accept them. Because uh, it is going to happen through your whole lifetime. That's what we're here for is to learn, right? Um, the realization, another one is that everything is the way it's supposed to be. Bad or good. Which there is actually no such thing as bad or good. They're uh, all subjective. Yeah, things, exactly, right? right? Um, that we're all in this together, but yet we're all in this separately, because we each That's have an interesting thing. We actually we each have our own journey mm-hmm. that we're going through, but our own journey affects those around us. So yet we are in this together, but we're in this for ourselves as well. Right? Yeah. So no, there's if no. I, if you were to feel pain, I wouldn't yeah, feel that. Right? But you would. If I'm expressing pain around you, yeah, exactly. You're actually going to be affected by that, mm. right? So absolutely. Just as when there's happy people around you, you're just, exactly you're just right. Like, Man, I like hanging yeah. around with you. It's, it's happy. Exactly yeah. right. So uh, that was huge. You are what you eat. Um, Big time. I learned that 
food has a huge, huge effect on our systems. Mm-hmm. It's energetic, bigger than I ever thought. Yeah, it would energetic, be. emotionally, yeah. and physically, as well as mentally. So um, be mindful of what you put in your body. Yeah, because if you think about that, the whole energy body aspect, mm-hmm. they have literal things that measure the amount of energy that's in your food. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's saying something. <laughs> like, it's funny how not only do plant foods have vitamins and minerals mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but it literally has energy, energy yeah. feeding our energy body as yeah. well. And so exactly. on all levels of our being, it's like you're vibrant. Mm. I don't know. It's crazy how the moment I finally, because my thought was always, I will spend the extra dollar to buy healthy food once I'm rich. No. <laughs> I don't think you can get rich while no. you're unhealthy. Health well. Will you wealth. have the energy? Yeah, exactly. I feel rich every single day yeah. because I spent, what, an extra $50 a month just to eat well? Mm-hmm. Like, that's an extra $50. But like, that's your wealth. That it is, is everything. Health is wealth, right? If you don't have a healthy body and healthy mind to help you be the person who we are today, this creative person who's building this channel to help people, if you weren't feeding your body correctly, that suggestion might not have come to you because you might have stayed in that depression straight longer yeah so i wouldn't be tuned into that yeah, thought or whatever right? exactly right mm-hmm. so uh feed your body well and another thing i learned is there's a reason why fruits and vegetables are the color of the rainbow because they're the color of our chakras and mm-hmm. if you read accordingly to how unbalanced you are in one chakra one energy system you can rebalance yourself by eating the correct foods so it has a huge play, right? Again, you are what you eat, people, so eat well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. What else did I learn? I also learned that through this energetic shift, I don't have to eat as much. Um, I can feed off of energy that's around us. Uh, I do it through meditation, I do it through breathing. Um, I can go countless amounts of hours without eating. I've gone seven days, I did a seven day uh, fast uh, last year in October. And, and yeah, sorry, finish that. Mm-hmm. And I've also done a couple four-day fasts, mm-hmm. and I realized that, yes, food is very important, but you can go and sustain a lot longer without food than we think. Um, it's also good to do it every once in a while, at least, I say quarterly, once every four months, clean your system out. Uh, or if you want to do fasting like I do, intermittent fasting, you can fast 20 hours a day or 16 hours a day and still get the, some of the good benefits. But, yeah, um, I learned that. So I, the my question with that, well, not even a question, it's more of a statement. A lot of the things that you you learned because of every experience mm-hmm. altogether was the power of belief too. Mm-hmm. Like people believe they need so much food, and that yeah. belief alone will make them starve. Yeah. <laughs> like they will, it'll hurt. It will because they think they really mm-hmm. need it. Um, I remember you mentioning that about sleep and about a lot of things, right? Um, it's really interesting how, like, what's your perspective on the fact that our beliefs affect our reality, personally and externally and everything? 100%. Our beliefs will dictate who we are and our beliefs will dictate how your body reacts. Um, for example, Ray Moore, some of you might have heard of him, uh, he's a breatharian and lives off of air. Um, but for someone who has a belief system that they need food to live, it's going to be very hard for them to transition to a breatharian because oh, yeah. their conscious subconscious mind as long as it has the belief that it needs food your body's going to react according to that belief so if you think you're going to die because of starvation because you're not eating you will actually die yeah there's people who uh would get a the wrong diagnosis mm-hmm. 
and then they would actually develop the symptoms. Exactly. And it's actually happened where they got a heart attack the next day. Yeah. Where they say, oh, you're prone to a heart attack, mm-hmm. but the doctor had the wrong paper yeah. a different person. Yeah. But he told the guy, and he goes home and has a heart attack. Then. Exactly. So it's, yeah, no, it's wild. And is that like, is that like consciousness or is that a frequency that dictates? Like, it's, and, well, it's a frequency, but what, choose how can you choose what frequency you'd like to attune to is that get bashing all your negative beliefs and limiting thought patterns and thinking outside of the box or because i i know for you like i you probably wouldn't believe in half of the things that you believe in now if it wasn't for that healing that was a personal confirmation that aha moment yeah to us it's like we're taught none of this stuff's real <laughs> they're insane and like they're whack don't listen to them you know so um i would have to say that i don't think it's how do i put this in words so your your body's made out of cells that communicate with one another mm-hmm. okay so and your subconscious mind communicates with your body okay uh anatomically. that's the systems happening yeah. without you exactly your, right yeah. so if you have a set belief in your subconscious mind that this is going to happen, your body's more likely to respond to it. Mm-hmm. So going back into your system or into your subconscious and getting rid of those beliefs will actually reset you in a way. Yeah. Okay, It's kind of like a hard drive reboot, if you want to call it. Uh, I know from my experience, I went through a two-month phase when all this started making sense to me, where I pretty much didn't want to live. Like I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to do anything because all of a sudden all my set beliefs I had before were just wiped out yeah and then I started understanding all this new stuff and I was just like it was kind of it was really hard for my subconscious mind to make sense of it all so I went through a two-month depression state where I literally came out of it completely new person yeah because was, every, your old self was yeah, basically just dying. exactly out. right yeah. and then when I came back out of it as a new person then I started integrating a lot of these things into my life and now all of a sudden you've got higher yeah. energy levels exactly you can do this Reiki yeah. and help people that way and I started doing it by taking action actually yeah. testing these things I went raw vegan completely raw vegan um, fruits nuts and vegetables that's all I ate mm-hmm. almost every single day wow. uh, I started drinking uh, distilled water. I don't drink tap water. I don't drink anything else unless I really, really have to. Um, and I just started testing it to the point where I tested the one meal a day diet. Uh, and this was about six months after being a raw vegan. And I noticed that I started getting even more energy because now my body had more time to, instead of wasting it digesting food, I had more time to um, just be. With yeah, because the- if, if everything, like, I've had these realizations where if everything is energy mm-hmm. and there's energy just focused into digestion, yeah. then if there's if they don't need to focus into digestion, yeah. it will go to something else. Exactly. And that's that goes with sexual energy as well. Mm-hmm. If it's not channeled through having sex, it will be channeled somehow. Yep. It's energy, it's free flowing, it exactly. finds the path of yes. this resistance. Yes. And um, I noticed that um, not having that food in my system, which Scientifically, they say it takes about 50% of your energy in your body to digest one meal. So if you're not digesting, constantly digesting food, you have 50% more energy, which is awesome, right? Um, I realized that you literally don't need that much food to eat. 
I eat about a thousand calories a day on a good day. <laughs> uh, some days I just eat fruit. The other day I ate an apple, an orange, and a handful of nuts, and that's all I ate. I still do everything I used to do. I still work out. I still go to do yoga. I'm just as active, you know. So um, a lot of realizations, man. Uh, beyond belief. I used to wear glasses. I don't wear them anymore, and I have wow, almost I perfect vision. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I actually uh, last summer I did a bus driving course. And I needed to get my eyesight checked to get your license. And I went in and on my license it says you need corrective lenses. But I told the lady, can we test it? Because I noticed my eyesight's pretty good. And she's like, you have almost perfect eyesight. Wow. And I that's... told her about my shift. And she's like, that's probably why Like you allowed your body to self-heal. So nice. the longer you guys can go yeah. without food, the more time you allow your body to start healing internally. Yeah. So it says there... They say it takes three days, 72 hours for your body to kick into ketosis, which is where your liver starts producing ketone enzymes and then it starts to heal itself. So after three days, the longer you can go without food, the longer your body will heal itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then, I, I have been planning on doing that. Yeah. The only thing for me is I wanted sunlight. So I'm gonna wait until the weather gets nice. Cause <laughs> I really, I soak up the sun. There's something about the sun. Yeah, it's energy. It's it's beautiful. It's the same energy that gives life to the plants and Mm -hmm. to us, to animals, right? So it's, you can feed off of the the sun, Mm -hmm. sun gazing, watch the sunrise and sunset. I love, dude, that brings (laughs) an instant like, yeah, like the moment I do it, obviously in the morning and in the evening, Mm -hmm. um, but it's just like, wow. I know for myself, because I don't eat, I usually don't eat until about three o'clock, three or four o'clock in the afternoon and I go... And I usually have a four hour eating period and then I don't eat again until the next day. Um, if I'm tired around noon or one, I'll just sit down and meditate for 10, 15 minutes. And then I feel recharged. So you can always do that, right? Energy. You can breathe it in, do some breathing exercises, you'll feel recharged, right? So one of the things that you said, uh, this was like two years ago now. Well, was it two years ago now? Yeah. Okay, not two years, but like, it'll be two years this yeah. December. Okay, so not, a year ago. <laughs> not two years, over a year ago. Yeah. Um, you were talking about how simply everything is energy. Yeah. Everything. And so you were talking about, again, like what you were saying, people breathing in, just living from the field. Yeah. Living from life force energy. Exactly. Healing the body that way. Um, have you gotten into manifestation or any sort of a the law of attraction is what a lot of people talk about. It's the idea that not only does your beliefs affect your biology, but it also affects what you see in the world. Like that voice. I feel like everybody has a voice, whether it be Mm -hmm. something they would hear or something they would think or, but they're so tuned out of that. And it's so far from their belief systems that they're unable to perceive it. Right. So yeah. What like, well, there's certain beliefs that we have spirit guides that, that channel information to us when we ask for help. Other people believe that um, you can ask your soul, your higher self for help when you need it. Um, for me personally, I've had messages come from my higher self and I've had messages come from other uh, realms, if you want to say it, or other frequencies. Um, I know I have a very intuitive feeling that my godmother that passed away before all this happened is one of my spirit guides. Um, I've not been told this by a person who's able to connect to that. So, and I've also felt it myself. Um, I believe the voice that actually helped me was my higher self, kind of, you know, giving me that little push that I needed. Um, as far as where all that information came from, <laughs> the source, I guess, uh, yeah. once I connected. 
Um, some cultures believe we have a spirit animal. Uh, some cultures believe we have angels. It, I guess it all depends on what your your cultural background is, right? Um, yeah, because you'll just you'll perceive the same thing, mm-hmm. but in a totally different way. Exactly. Again, your beliefs, yeah. right? Um, and I believe we can all channel into it and connect to it. Uh, the more you're able to quiet your mind and stop the chatter, the more the outside voice or the, your higher self or your spirit guides, whatever you wish to believe, can come and speak to you. Okay. All right. uh, there's also, like you were speaking about earlier, synchronicities. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. huge. I've So after my Reiki mastership in Cuba, when I had this huge shift, I actually, one of my things was to let go of control. Uh, just go with the flow allow the universe to kind of put the puzzle pieces in front of me and allow me to take action on it so open the doorways and it took a good uh, six months to actually fully just release and let go and it's been magical so when did that happen? Uh, my Reiki mastership was in January 2017 okay and then about that summer um, I noticed a huge shift where I went a couple I went to Collingwood and here in in Ontario hiking a couple times and uh, I just felt like I kind of just went with the flow those days I turned my SUV into a camper and I kind of just went for a couple days and I just while I was out there hiking I just kind of just started teaching myself to let go and just go with everything that was happening and started working on that and it's been amazing the shifts that I've noticed over the last year or so just by doing that so How how could one live that way where, um, and I know we probably like covered it already, <laughs> but where, like you said, you're sort of, something's living through you and it's not taking any effort, it's just mm-hmm. falling into place and it's just happening because you've finally been able to shed some of that excess yeah. weight and stuff, so, um, and also raise to a level where things are taken care of and you know mm-hmm. it and all that stuff. What does somebody have to do? Like, I know, like you said, eating healthy mm-hmm. and clearing the <clears throat> chakras, meaning like different emotional yeah. blocks and stuff you carry around throughout your existence, um, past negative beliefs, traumas, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, how could, because you didn't quite ask for the back pain and that whole experience. You yeah. asked for help once it was help, terrible. Yeah. How does somebody experience something like that? Do you, do you ask for um, like I believe personally that everybody uh, mm-hmm. at some point, if that's your purpose in this lifetime to have that experience, I'm not really 100% sure if we're all going to have that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally believe through my experience that it was my time. Like I was meant to go through that. I was meant to help people. That's my life purpose. Uh, it's funny because when I was at work, uh, when I came back from Europe, after Francisco helped me, I was I was a machinist, right? So I was setting up the machine, and I I remember repeating in my head, "I'm supposed to help people. I'm here to help people." Mm-hmm. And that's like this mantra I kept repeating. I hear that too. Yeah, that exact mantra. And really. the universe showed me what I was supposed to do through this experience of self healing, mm-hmm. having this Kundalini awakening, being able to heal people with my hands through Reiki. Um, having these abilities to coach people and help them through their spiritual journey. It just, so the opportunities came to you in that, yes. in that way. Something yeah. that I think 
because I was reading Be Here Now by Ram mm-hmm. Das. I don't know if you know who Ram Das yes, is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he there's part in it where it said you have to you have to completely give up and yep. let go of everything. Yeah. And that's a scary thing because your ego <laughs> doesn't want that. Yeah. That is the last thing. Yeah. It's like the ego. It's like you know. It's like you saying, "Hey, I'm gonna kill you. Are you okay with that?" It's <laughs> like, "No, I'm not well, okay with that." For me, it was that moment when I was sitting on my couch crying, not knowing if I was gonna be able to walk again. Yeah. Normally, uh, you, I gave up at control. At that point, you had. To I had no other else, option. Yeah, Honestly, I was sitting there realizing that I had an awesome job. I was the, my life was going amazing, and then all of a sudden, I may be put in a wheelchair if surgery goes wrong, or lose the ability to walk you know what i mean so um at that moment in time as soon as i heard that voice like i said it took me about 10 minutes to kind of just uh make sense of it all yeah exactly right i had this just overwhelming feeling to just i'm going for it like Mm -hmm. i'm giving myself up to the universe i'm not resisting i'm gonna ask for help and that's what i did i literally got down on my knees and just let go that, I literally just let go. That's the most beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. I've I've gone through that yeah. like twice actually. Once uh, last winter mm-hmm. and once this year, at the beginning of yeah. this year, where I ne- I didn't necessarily go through a miraculous healing or anything, but I finally just decided to give it all up. Mm-hmm. Like screw it. It's I'm putting yeah, yeah. it all. I'm all <laughs> in. Putting it all on the table. Like my things, my reputation, my body, mm-hmm. my everything. I have it's there um and i gave it all up i let go and i was just like i found myself immersed in the present moment Mm -hmm. and this idea of presence has been a theme ever since yeah because what's left when you give it all up (laughs) right now that's the only thing that's That's left right Right. so i've just been living here ever Mm -hmm. since um and again things fall into place. Every time someone comments, they make it seem like I'm helping them, mm-hmm. but really they're giving me an opportunity to help them. Yes. That's that's <laughs> that's the greatest gift ever. Yeah. Like I'm not giving you anything, nothing compared to what you're giving to me, mm-hmm. which is the opportunity to live out my purpose. Yeah, exactly. Just by finding this and commenting, taking But you the time, are giving them something. Right? So it's like this big loop yeah. where everybody wins. Exactly. And that happened because I gave up, gave it all up. Mm-hmm. I was I just sick and tired of the ups and downs because you can live a decent life while ego dominated, mm. but it's so hectic and all over the place. <laughs> and like, you'll never be, yeah. you'll never chill. Like, yeah. You'll never have a well, moment that's... to relax because the moment you relax five minutes later, the ego's like, yeah. get off your ass. You lazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but that's, never ends. that's where giving up control is yeah. such an amazing experience. And you're going to have resistance from the ego but at the same time this whole thing of people and i'm just going to say this of people saying the ego death your ego will never die mm-hmm. it's certain aspects of the controlling ego that actually fade away you do need the ego to function you need the mind the mind's the ego the heart is our soul mm-hmm. so you need both to function yeah and finding inner balance and peace between both of them i find that's the key to just inner peace, inner happiness. Because you don't want to have that conflict between both, because then you're always going to be in chaos inside. You want to be able to find a balance, a play, a even playground, playing field where you're in tune with both. For yeah. me, I, I went through the same experiences where I had a lot of ego um, 
I guess that's if you want to call them. But I realized like multiple different stages. Yeah, yeah. But I realized lately, over the last couple of months, that it's not actually an ego death per it's se. Net, no. It's just a part of yourself that used to control the mind was controlling you with its constant thoughts and constant uh, and, and pattern or the, cycles. The identification mm-hmm. is what I like. I've been reading about is and also just experience the fact that my willingness to pay attention to these thoughts mm-hmm. and give them time of day is the reason they have control. Exactly. That's yeah. it, right. And the thoughts don't occur mm-hmm. um, in the future or sorry, they don't occur in the present moment. They're always about tomorrow or about whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like latch on and follow yep. it, then it's it fades away it does it runs away from you Mm. it's sort of like hey come get me i'm bait but if you just leave the bait (laughs) it'll just run away exactly and i think this will probably happen a lot where where it just like okay well it's a constant process right like you have to be you have to become aware Mm. of this constant process of where your mind's going to keep bringing up old patterns old cycles old beliefs and you gotta catch it when it happens yeah and then just just let it fade away yeah. and continue on the same path, the same vibration that you've been going on. And like you said, as as long as soon as you attach yourself to those thoughts, then you get lost back into the ego mind. It's oh, learning. It's learning not to allow that to happen. Yeah, which is a process. Everything's a process, it is a right? Process. You fall the, off. Yeah, to then... the point where you basically uh, you're almost in a constant state of bliss because you're not allowing your mind to distract you. Those Legit. thoughts, yeah. Legit. Like even when I think something's important. Yeah. Like, like today, when I was telling you, I drive driving down here to come see you uh, for a good forty-five minutes in my car. I was just doing deep breathing techniques to the point where I released all control of my body, and you I was just safe driving. No, seriously, I was. I had cruise control on. I had one hand on the steering wheel, and I had just enough grip on my hand to keep it between the lines, and the rest of my body was just numb, like just release. And I felt like I was floating in my car. <laughs> yeah, that's. And funny. I was just—I started smiling because I had such a good feeling. It's a I'm wonderful like, thing. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I am actually doing this without the minimal effort possible, minimal control over Literally, my body. You're Literally, using your eyes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and I was just yeah. like, this is awesome. Like, this is such a relaxing feeling. Mm-hmm. Not to be all tense and worried about the next car and if I'm gonna stay between the lines or I was just like oh, you trust it, that's yeah, for sure. Exactly. You, weren't, you weren't afraid of And that's the answer to your question. Trust. Trust. Yeah. It is. No. Trust the process. Trust that everything is gonna work out for you. And it has to be real trust. Yeah. And I'll you tell can... you a bit about the story why I'm saying that. Yeah. So my gym, I worked for Good Life, closed December thirty first. I went to Europe for two for a month in September to October. Yes. When I came back, I was asked that I was told that my lease would be up in January, that I had to move out. Then I found out a month later that my gym was closing December thirty first. So, so within a couple of days, yes. Yeah. I actually literally, and that's why I said I just learned this over the last couple of months. I literally said after coming back from home, I'm like you know what, I'm just gonna see what the universe pulls out. <laughs> Seriously, really? no place to live after two months and no job and no job. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna see what happens. Within a couple of days of finding out the gym was closing, so we found out beginning of December, a friend of mine offered me a job working for PCL, which is uh, Parents for Community Living. So doing group home care for people with disabilities. And then, um, then I went to my buddy Miles' home warming party. 
because he just bought a house and he asked we got in this conversation and he's like i got space for you why don't you just move in here really so within a couple weeks of each other and not knowing where to go what to do and totally giving up control you got a house and a i got a house and a job i started the job january 4th and i moved in january 1st <laughs> just literally crazy. not planning anything yeah. i went by the seat of my pants honestly. that's how like it's an example <laughs> of like when you're open yeah things change things. but you have to be well, obviously you're open for the change and they are in your best interest yes. even if it doesn't seem and like you also you're have to become aware to take action on those opportunities Yes. Because if I would have said no to my buddy and I would have said no to the job, who knows what would have happened, right? But yeah. realizing that those are opportunities that are being given to you to replace your current status. You were aware enough to see yeah, that exactly. okay, this is what they this is yeah. what it was given. Yeah. Okay. Exactly, yep. Yeah. And then two weeks later I also got another job at the Holistic Center. Mm-hmm. So kinda like me losing my job at the gym opened up new doorways to go more into uh, the life, the holistic lifestyle that I want. Yeah, not to mention like <laughs> I feel like the community living is like more contribution oriented yeah, than exactly more community based. Yeah, exactly. So it's it all. That's awesome. <laughs> like I love examples of yeah. that because I can relate one hundred percent. I was supposed to move to Kitchener actually November first, yeah. and it was crazy. I don't know what it was, but a week before I got the the feeling. That I needed to message um, my friend Caden, who mm-hmm. lives here, and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm going to Kitchener. I know we haven't spoken in like six months. Yeah. You should come over. We'll hang out and talk." And we had a five and a half hour conversation. Nice. Went great. Um, two days later, I said, "Hey, can I come over?" Because he said, yeah. "You can come over anytime." So I was like, two days later, I said, "Hey, can I come over?" Two days after the first time I entered this apartment, mm-hmm. I was moving in <laughs> see and I knew it was right because Kitchener always felt off yeah so it's like you need to understand the doors that are ready for you walk mm-hmm. in and also understand when something well listen to your body like, listen yeah, to your intuition I don't right? want to do that you know if you're getting uneasy feelings literally I know for myself it is if I start to shake and I start to cut on uneasy I'm not going with that instantly yeah. instantly right mm-hmm. but if I feel no resistance whatsoever that's where to go right so it's it's really like what i what i tell my audience all the time that helped me a mm-hmm. lot is the quieting of the mind the eating healthy mm-hmm. and that gives you a space to notice these things yes. that gives you the ability because yeah. because you could clear your mind all day but if your body isn't energetically sound physically mm-hmm. then it's like i didn't think it was that big of a deal oh it's eating, huge like <laughs> like I said, I always thought, oh, once I'm rich, I'll start yeah. eating well. But <laughs> I didn't realize that health is wealth. Health is wealth. It really, yeah. like, I am, like... The uh, more pure you can keep your vessel, the more yeah. uh, the more space it has to receive. Yeah. So, like, the more uh, connected, the more centered you'll be, mind, body, and soul. And then uh, that's you'll become more of a channel for these ideas, these thoughts. Okay, so... It's a better way of living. Yeah, I wanted to talk about purpose and sort of what's beyond. Because I know, I know that I'm in a body. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm not the body. I've established that with myself. <laughs> um, I remember like looking in the mirror and like opening my jaw and just yeah. like, like thinking, okay, there's a brain back here, <laughs> and like yeah. I don't know what's going on in here. Like this, it felt so foreign mm-hmm. that that night. 
And so I was like, okay, I'm not a body. And I remember one night actually asking myself deeply, like, who was I before this? Because mm-hmm. this doesn't feel like, doesn't feel new. It feels so familiar. Like I've been here mm-hmm. since the dawn of time. Like <laughs> what, where was I and why am I here? Yeah. What am I here to do? I knew that there was something more profound than getting views or getting money or getting mm-hmm. a house or like what normal people do. Like it, I knew that there was something bigger. And so I wanted to ask you your perspective on that that side of things, like us coming here, incarnating, mm-hmm. physically focusing, whatever you want to call it, for something, mm-hmm. for a purpose. Um, I understand that it's to learn, to grow, to evolve, to become better uh, spiritually uh, beings. Honestly, that's my belief, right? Um, that's why we go through these cycles and these lessons, so we can learn. We can become aware of what we're learning, learn that lesson, and then we move on. And we're going to continuously do that throughout our whole lifetime, right? So uh, the process of reincarnation is to come back and work on the things that we didn't learn. Uh, Confidence, self-love, love for ourselves and love for others, being one with nature, just um, becoming overall better beings. And we have this... uh this weird thing like we gravitate towards positivity mm-hmm. right well we and are we get away from negativity because yeah. there is duality right there's there right and wrong. there's not right and wrong no. there's there's <laughs> there's not right, right. <laughs> there's hot and cold yeah. and hatred and love um why do we like gravitate towards such positivity and not so much negative and run from negativity well negativity so is there to teach us what not to do what not mm-hmm. to be that's what i believe right we are essentially um children of the universe and the universe was based on love it's based through the heart right so we generally even as kids you want to we always gravitate to the positive side of things the loving side of things it's just that unfortunately we have been brought up in a system that kind of teaches us the opposite competition judgment hate war crime all that and what's crap. right and what's wrong yeah. basically so if i believe that if we weren't taught those things or shown those things on tv movies whatever it might be um violence that we would generally just be good beings right but you have to have those contrasts to be able to learn so if everything yeah. in this world was just unicorns and butterflies <laughs> you wouldn't have a purpose to be here you wouldn't be learning anything so you have to have that other side of the coin the other spectrum yeah. to be able to learn because if nothing bad ever happened to you would you learn any lessons in your life no and i exactly i, I right? wouldn't i wouldn't uh I you wouldn't, wouldn't really appreciate anything. Yeah, exactly. There would you be no appreciation. Yeah, you wouldn't be grateful. You wouldn't be. Yeah, that, it, that you wouldn't comes be humble. From knowing yeah. the opposite. You wouldn't know what love is. No. You wouldn't know what. Because uh, it would all come into one. Yeah, not. exactly. It would all right? come into one, which is positivity. Was love. It's all we got. It's all, all we love. have is yeah. love. Yeah, and eventually that's where I believe we're all headed, and that's yeah. our end goal is to actually get to that point where our thoughts, our words, our actions are all based through love and not the ego mind mm-hmm. but again you still need the other side to be able to learn that stuff of course. to be able to move on and progress right yeah and so 